You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Rock Dog Radio, Pets, People, Pop Culture. The host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Hello everyone, I'm Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs, and you are listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio, a rock and roll show all about pets, people, and pop culture. I'm live from Las Vegas, and today I'm talking about animal documentaries with filmmaker Ken Bell, so stay right there. Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. Welcome to the show, everyone. Here we are again for another Vegas Rock Dog Radio show. And I am live from Las Vegas. My um, partner in crime here is Jim DeRigo. Good morning <laughs> to you and to all the people of the earth. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't prepared for my introduction that soon. <laughs> I just thought I'd get that in very, very early. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs, and uh, I'm glad you're listening into the show. If you are brand new to the show and you want to find other places to connect with us on the internet, it's rather easy. Our website is vegasrockdogradio.com. You'll also find us on Periscope periodically, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, Instagram, and uh, we have a blog. The blog is therockandrolldog.com, and that's where we uh, tell you who's coming on the show, who's been on the show. We also tell you about new products, uh, giveaways, some reviews, and those kind of things. So that's therockandrolldog.com. We do have an app, and the Yap, the Yap app is what you need to download. It's free. You'll go to yap.us, that's Y-A-P-P.us, and then you will just download Vegas Rock Dog Radio onto your app. Really, really easy. Now, if you're one of those people... Well, like us, we are very, very busy. I love to listen to podcasts at my own leisure. You can do that also with the show. So the two most popular platforms right now, iTunes and iHeartRadio is where you'll find the show. But if you have downloaded pretty much any kind of podcast app, you'll find us. We're on about getting close to 25 platforms now. So you'll find us anywhere and everywhere. And of course, you can listen to the show wherever you are in the world, which we have listeners all over the universe. (laughs) 
That's bigger than the people of the world that it, I just introduced. It today. is. And you know, so. when they decide to uh, move to Mars, we'll be there as well. <laughs> I'm sure of it. So there's plenty of places to find us. And you know what we love more than anything? We love to see pictures of your pets. So whatever platform you're on, post pictures of your pets. People share with me their birthdays, their pets' birthdays, uh, you know, their pets taking up their bed where they can't get in their bed. I always say this, you know, you they they steal your heart and then they steal your bed after you adopt an animal. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I, I'm totally okay with that. In fact, if I got in bed and my my dogs were not in bed, I think there's something strange going on. So, And there have been times where I've gone to get them from wherever they are in the house and bring them into the bedroom. <laughs> so they make, they make sleeping so much nicer, don't they, Jim? Because they make you relax. They're warm. Although if Jim gets in bed late, I am very insistent that he must not disturb the dogs no matter where they are. So that means he has to contort around them or what did I tell you to do the other night? Sleep on the floor. No, what did I tell you to do the other night? Oh, you're insane. You're- I told you to get in the bottom of the bed. <laughs> like like Willy Wonka's grandparents. <laughs> yeah, I know my place. I said, look, just get in the bottom. You're not disturbing everybody. <laughs> and when Jim comes back from a gig, Jim's a musician, and he calls to say, I'm on my way home. I said, yeah, be quiet. Don't disturb us. <laughs> Yep, and I know my place. And that's how it should be. That's how it goes. Yeah, so we had, a, we had an early start. Well, no, not that early. I mean, we get up early, but we don't normally leave the house. But Jim made her appointments for us at 7 a.m. this morning, <laughs> which was difficult for me. Born out of necessity. To leave the house that early to go and get my hair done. And uh, I was half asleep when I got there. But... Uh, yeah, our hair looks good though. Now that you can see it on the radio. <laughs> well, we've got a great show lined up for you today—a really, really, really great show lined up. And it's taken me a while—not my guest, but me a while—to get this coordinated. And uh, I'm so glad we finally done this because who I'm bringing on the show this morning is Ken Bell. He's a filmmaker and he's the founder of Dog Files. And you may have already seen some of his doc- uh, documentary. And I had already seen one before I knew about Ken and he was um, brought to my attention by a mutual friend of ours who we'll we'll talk about as well because we love her. And um, since then, I've watched another one of his documentaries and I think you'll find them very, very interesting and really get to the heart of um, why animals are so important to us and our relationships with them. And with any... It's funny, even with friends of mine that work in rescue, if I say, hey, check out this documentary about, the first thing they say is, will it make me cry? (laughs) And that's always hard because some people will not watch a movie. Well, I must admit, I started watching, what's the one movie, Harley and Me or whatever? I didn't finish that one. I knew where that was going. I was like, I'm not having that. But Ken's documentaries are are, are very interesting and very important, I think, to, to demonstrate why in particular dogs have some very important jobs in this world and why our bond with them is so important and uh they're, they're great great documentaries so um his website um oh gosh did i write it down oh i'm gonna slap myself on the hand here right now it's either the he's dog he's listening i know he's, he's either, standing hang by on, he's hang gonna on. get you hang on i ain't done my bit yet <laughs> rushing me along I'm lo- well i'm gonna i'm gonna check with with uh with ken but the tagline is uh for his website dog files is showing the world that dogs deserve our love care and respect and i fully agree with that so with that said welcome to the show ken hey, great to be here sam oh i'm so glad you sound good by the way as well you sound really good in my in my good. headphones i'm happy about that <laughs> Well, we finally get to speak. I would say it's been a little while, hasn't it? But thanks to Christina of Deaf Dogs Rock is how I got to learn about you and what you do. So I guess we have to give Christina of Deaf Dogs Rock a little shout out there and a big thank you for that. So um, you're Florida, is that right? You're in Florida? I'm in Orlando, Florida now. I used to be in New Jersey, New York area. Oh, so you've done a big flip flop, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm kind of used to the warm weather, and I'm glad I'm not up there. <laughs> you soon acclimate, don't you? I, I, and the, I, I had and a t- the gray. I had a t- yes, and I had a tough time with the stickiness there, uh, coming it, from the desert. 
It's uh, in the summertime. It's like the winter time somewhere else. You stay inside and put the air condition on. Yep. You know, we live it ourselves in summer here. It's I get so excited when we come out of summer. Unlike my family and friends in England who get excited when they come out of winter. It's, it's the opposite. And uh, it, it can be yeah. tough. Those, the, those, uh, those temps can be really, really difficult at times. Yeah, I mean, we're still, believe it or not, it's only 75 today. Oh. We've had six months of 70 to 80 degrees, so it's oh, been beautiful. Gosh, yeah, that's... Very low humidity. That's so, nice. So, yeah, so even if you just come here for six months, the snowbirds are not stupid. <laughs> no, they're not. Follow the snowbirds. They know what they know what what's going on, don't they? <laughs> so, how long have you been in in Florida for? Uh, two and a half years now. All right. So, wow. Yeah, we went down yeah. to go to like Disney and what have you, and uh, those those storms that almost like clockwork hit in the afternoon. It's crazy. Yeah, we've had a lot less rain this winter than we usually do, but. It'll pick up and it'll, it always comes back. It always comes back. I know we're just enjoying what we can now before it, it turns into the earth, of, uh, the, the, you know, the surface you know, the, of the sun. The, the thunderstorms are better down here than they were in New Jersey because they're during the day. Yeah. So uh, the worst thing about the thunderstorms were the dogs walking around the bedroom and, oh. and, and, and you can't sleep. You're like, all right, so the next hour and a half, you yeah. can't sleep. But that doesn't happen at night here. Usually, it's usually always around two in the afternoon. Yeah, we two, and then it's gone, and then you, and then an hour later, it doesn't even, you don't even realize it rains. If, I know this is what we noticed, and we're like, okay, so I guess this is what happens daily, and then it just disappears, and then you just get on with your day, you know. <laughs> I mean, it is a jungle. It, it, it is technically a jungle down here. So you know, when you when you talk about it like that, yeah, because look at the animals down there that survive in those exactly. kind of environments. Way too many snakes. Oh, I, oh, I couldn't even. I've had I've had an episode with with two, and I ju- I just can't. <laughs> they, yeah. I'm still having flashbacks. <laughs> well, I always say that. Um, I used to live in San Diego for a little while, but you could say the same thing about Vegas. You could, you know, if uh, Vegas is uh, one sprinkler breaking <laughs> away from becoming a desert, and <laughs> Florida is one lawnmower breaking before it comes to jungle again. So this is what us <laughs> humans. This is what us humans do. Right? I know. It's true. Our, our irrigation has a leak. So we yeah. keep having to turn it off entirely and then turn it on to water until we figure out what it is. But yeah, if I, I would be one sprinkler away from the whole thing just dying. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny way to put it. Well, let's get, let me get your website correct. The, the website is thedogfiles.com thedogfiles.com yes. and I, I trolled all through your website some yesterday some people have been sitting on dogfiles.com for 10 years now oh. you're like I'd and like nothing's really on it you're like I'd like that come on people yeah. if you're not doing anything after 10 years it's like come on sell it <laughs> just, I agree just give it up give it up for a good yeah. cause but at this point you have all your links on the dog files so it's kind of like you know yeah so people his... are googling people are googling they don't even you know barely type stuff in anymore so. it, it's true it's and, and the thing is it, there's a history now isn't there of of the dog files that like you say sometimes if you switch over you can lose a lot of that that traffic and history that's what they say it makes you crazy yeah. i'll be honest with you it, it starts to get a little bit overwhelming with seo and Oh, and now everything has to be HTTPS secured. And if you haven't done that, you need a secure seal certificate now. And oh, it, it, there's always something new. Some I, I have a sec- I have a secret about all that. What is it? It doesn't matter ninety percent of the time. <laughs> I have a feeling this if you is put like... up something good and you get it on social media, yes. and people pick up on it. You don't need any of that, it... and then it naturally comes to you because a lot of people are coming to your site. That's right. You know? So I've... we probably spend eighty that eighty twenty rule. We probably spend eighty percent of the time on something that matters twenty percent. Yep, I I I'd have to agree with you because you know it just it just doesn't matter. And it also depends. I think a lot of it is also what time do you have to to commit to that exactly. also and and the. And the the gurus out there, they need to make money, so they have to make sure that it's an important thing. That's right. And make us feel like we've got to do more and more and more, which I don't always have time for more and more. But, you know, I think with now, and think about this, how so so much stuff is on demand now that, you know, you can just say, go to your Facebook page and I'll find, you know, a link to the video, to the documentary. Oh, oh they're doing a Facebook Live. So you're reaching people directly. Uh, it's yeah. You've also already got your audience as well. 
And I think I think it's a lot easier that way, um, particularly with with Facebook Live. Do you do much Facebook Live at all? No, you know it's weird. Facebook, it's like a, an abusive relationship. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is. Yes, they, so you know right. they're so down deep. They're so uh, you know. Of course, I'm imbuing a company with human, you know, emotion here. But they're so rotten. What I think they've really hurt nonprofits and oh, yeah. places and adoptions yes. you know, and, and animal shelters. They've really hurt us because they put us on the level with Coca-Cola. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's really been a, um, a shame what they've done. Basically, when I started out, um, I, I was on Facebook. I, I took an ad out. I paid a few thousand dollars for an ad that said, hey, you like dogs? Come over here. Right. I mean, to me, that's organic. I don't think that's fake because I'm not getting fake people. I just said, hey, if you like dogs. Come on over. It's like, an invite. Like, like, like dog files on Facebook. So let's say you spend like $5,000 on that over the course of a year. Got up to like twenty or 30,000 followers and then let it go on its own. Yeah. And now uh, I'm I'm upwards of 365,000 I think or something like that. That's huge. And now they want money to reach the people that you paid for. Your network that you built. I mean, that's the mob, isn't it? Yes. Like they want they you know, they want money twice and it's like I am not, you know, most of us are not making money or if we get a check for $200 in the mail, you know, wow, great. Yeah. Um and they really hurt yes, they do. all these people by telling us that we have to uh, pay money for an ad. That's, And then you pay you know, $100 and you get an extra few thousand people. When you have 300,000 followers, yeah, it's, what, it, what, I, it, what, what they should have done, I thought, was charge me, 100, 000, charge me 100 bucks a year for every 100,000 followers. Yeah, that's fair. I'll pay you 300 bucks a year. Sure, no yeah. problem. And you'll get that from millions of groups that, that will pay that that's true but instead you have millions that are like i'm not paying 20 or 30 or 100 dollars for every post i put up absolutely and so no one's doing it no i don't one. think anyone's doing it no, no. one we've never done um, it we, we've no. never done it um it's i think on principle like you say i built that network of people and my all my people should be able to see what i post and it's it's not it's a pay to play, isn't it? That's what it is. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. It it and it's it's really bad. And like I said, you know, not having different levels is one thing, but also equating the fact that because you have a few hundred thousand followers, that you're like a millionaire business or something that like that <laughs> is ridiculous. Yeah, the assumption. It's just, it's just not that true, you know. And it does hurt, and, hurt, like you say, charities, rescues, people trying to adopt animals. Yeah. If you can't, if people can't clap their eyes on the post, then you're really hurting them. And they've built yeah. that network of people that really just love animals. And it's it is it's. I mean, there's there's a couple of workarounds, but you can't always get people to you know sign up for no, notifications. You can't always yeah, you get people can, to do that. Know? It's always like jump another hoop, jump another hoop. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a real shame, and you know, we've always seen on the internet that great big companies and websites, you know, come and go. But it, it feels like they're so entrenched that they're not going anywhere. But mm. you would think, um, you would think it it, it would. You would think it's ripe right now. I think YouTube's ripe right now for someone else to come in also. Yeah, YouTube because they're getting very uh, strange on both sites, and um, you know they they're starting to pick and choose like what views you should have on these sites, and Ooh. it's hurt. And people are getting used to that, and they're saying, you know what, whatever, you know, I, I get the whole thing that uh, it isn't censorship, it isn't the government, but but as we can see, censorship is coming from corporations now it's yeah. not really coming from the government it's coming it's a different form of censorship and it's coming from corporations and they're a business and they can do what they want but that's not the way to run business we can also say no yeah um and so if one does come along i you know if they could move people over i think you know if they have a lot of money i think it could happen now i think it could happen for twitter youtube yeah. and facebook i agree we'll i agree because one would I, I think when you're trying to do things for good it is just so frustrating. You know, you just like I'm trying to help animals. I'm trying to get some adopted. I'm trying to raise some money for it. And um, when we do events and we put a Facebook event together, which at times I'm thinking, oh gosh, I invite everybody. Everybody says they never saw see the invite, and I end up tagging everybody, which everybody hates. But I usually do it 
a couple of weeks before the event if I've seen it certain people I know would normally have bought a ticket and they go oh my gosh I never even saw it and even though you've been posting and posting it, it's hard because you're trying to raise raise funds and it's um, yeah it is an abusive relationship yeah, you know, I also get the thing like well you're not a non-profit and I'm like oh. technically uh, yeah <laughs> Okay, yeah. Maybe maybe I'm not registered as a nonprofit, <laughs> but with the amount of time I've put in yes. compared to what I've gotten out, I would say I'm in the red. Uh, right. You know, I mean, just because I'm not registered as a nonprofit, <laughs> or just because once in a while you get a check for something because you, you you worked on something, doesn't mean uh, <laughs> you're making money. That's right. That's so right. Yeah, they should have another category below nonprofit called "Don't even come close." <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start? Have you done filmmaking your whole life? Uh, I was, was an artist. B- oh, okay. I went to school for uh, traditional art, you know, pencil and paper. And then I realized that there wasn't, you know, a, I didn't really see a place where the where I was going to make a living. And so I got a computer, uh-huh. a Mac, and I started doing that stuff. And I worked at some comic book companies, and uh, and then I wound up working for a lot of pharmaceutical advertising agencies. How interesting! Uh, in New York City, and did Photoshop work for them. And then I decided that, and I was always into story. That's why I worked for comic book companies. And I decided that uh, it wasn't about comic books or about this or that. It was just about telling stories. Storytelling, yeah. And I. And I found uh, I had a knack for telling visual stories. Mm-hmm. And so I got more and more into doing video work. And then I was in one of those places where I was doing lots of corporate video work. And I was dealing with a lot of companies that, you know, people hire you and then they hire you for what you do. And then they sit there and micromanage everything mm. you do. Oh, Yeah. You know, and I always say, you know, they don't do that to electricians and plumbers and carpenters, (laughs) but they do that to anybody involved in the arts or anything creative. Even, even like a like work having a dog site. I I actually have people argue with me about dogs. Oh, it's bizarre. People who don't have their own site or haven't trained about dogs or haven't spent ten years in the industry, and I'm trying to explain. Oh no, your dog isn't doing that. It's doing this. Well, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, oh, that's all right. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. It's just like, it's like, I can't, you know, you can't get that. I always wound up in these realms where everyone did that. So it was not very satisfying doing those videos. And so one day I said to myself, you know, I can't make a motion picture like Hollywood. I don't have 300 people crew and $5 million, but you know, I love my dog who I adopted a few years earlier and he changed my life. And, you know, I think I can do as good as animal planet, maybe better. Yes. Um, and you know, I, and, and animal planet was going through that, um, horrible ad campaign at the time. Uh, uh, what was it about humans? Surprisingly human, right? Oh, I do Uh, remember that. Yeah. Where they tried to shift everything. Uh, you know, because they wanted more ratings, you know, they, just, mm-hmm. they wanted more ratings. So they were going through that. And I said, you know what? I could, I could do better than them. I, I really could. And I don't need a crew. I need me and maybe one person. And so we went out and we started doing videos. Uh, I mean, the site started out as just me doing videos about dogs. And the first few were hard because people were like, who are you? You know, are you doing something weird? Do you want to film our shelter? Are you going to do that and then once people saw that i was in it for the animals for the right reasons uh it got easier and easier and then um someone contacted me a production company contacted me and liked my hero dogs of 911 video that i did yeah that's the one i watched the first one before i even knew who you were yeah that was <laughs> that was that was just using um boy i forget the name of the group the group that's in charge in the united states of uh disasters is it FEMA? Okay. Those, those were FEMA photographs, and they are owned by the people. So I went on their website, and I found everyone at 9-11 that I could find with a, a search and rescue dog in it or something. <gasps> That's how you did I, that? Yeah, and then I wrote the story and put it together, and it changed, and it really hit home. I, I was I lived in New York City during 9-11. I'm about a mile from it. Are you kidding? Uh, wow. In Soho area. So it, it affected me a lot. I mean – now I would realize that I had a little um, 
like PTSD from it, just a slight amount. I would, I would believe that. Never saying I'm anywhere near what a soldier actually fighting a war would have, but a little bit of that because of what happened. To witness that, exactly. That yeah, is... to be there, you know, it was very frightening. Well, you can't, uh, and you can't you know, make sense of it because it doesn't make sense. It's not, no, like, and, it's not know, logical. We, Why is this happening? What a lot of people have forgotten over time is that, you know, we, everyone was wondering when the next hit was coming. <gasps> oh, we living with it. that is terrible. Nowadays, you're like, yeah, well, it was the one thing. But back then, you know, we had three months of just constantly hearing fire trucks and ambulance and police cars, you know, and uh, the smell, oh. the sulfur type smell that we smelled. And, uh, and right below me, you couldn't even go any further down, down south because the army had blocked it all off. So when you put all these things together, plus, you know, they were talking about, you know, is it going to be a smallpox? Is it going to be a nuclear? You know, so it was a... Uh, Living in a state of, it, of fear for a yeah, long, for a long a, time. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, a very odd thing. And I, I don't, at the time, I didn't realize it. But then when I moved back to uh, New Jersey and I started the dog files, I, 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 I re- the 9-11 thing, it's very emotional to me, you know, and... Um, it was an incredible documentary. Did you say 300 dogs? That were used um, three hundred dogs, and that's in the beginning. By the time it was over, it was thousands of <gasps> dogs had come and gone because they were there over a year, right? Uh, so, and, and it wasn't all just searching because they knew pretty early on that no one had survived. But it was cadaver dogs oh. and comfort dogs and stuff like that. But from there, a company contacted me and said, "Let's make a documentary, uh, you know, an, an hour-long documentary based on that short." And so, for Animal Planet Canada. Which is a completely different company. They lease the name. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, a completely different company. We went and we made a uh, um, uh, an hour feature, and I worked on that as executive producer, one of the directors, and uncredited writer. Um, and uh, so we did. Uh, uh, we we did that, and I, that came out really well. How long did that take, uh, Ken? To to from beginning to end. That was a quick one. That was, uh, you know, probably 40 people, three editors. We worked on that and had that done in three or four months. That's incredible. Yeah, that was a fast one because uh, it, had to, it had to be that way to get it done in time for 9-11. Right. Um, yeah, and, and, um, and so that, was, uh, that, that, was, that went really well. But it was only in Animal Planet Canada. One of the sad things was uh, when it was playing in Canada, I turned on Animal Planet here and – hillbilly hand fishing was on <gasps> they didn't show it no what well, i knew it wasn't going to be on but it was just like oh. they didn't buy it at the time what a shame and it was like really guys yeah it happened on the soil you, here you're ignoring 9-11 no, no other network at that point at the 10-year anniversary was ignore, ignoring 9-11 no um you know and i was like that's kind of sad and then a year later they bought it and it, it's played um at different times, like every nine eleven for like two or three years now on on Animal Planet USA, and um, then I played it at Blog Pause. Uh-huh. It was when Blog Pause was in where where were they? Salt Lake City, I believe it was Salt Lake City. I asked them, you know, because I'd been going to Blog Pause for a few years. I asked them if they had any place where we can play the film, and uh, they don't normally do anything like that, but they did it for me, which I appreciate yeah. to this day. And so we played it at lunch, probably the best thing we could have done because everyone was sitting there. Yeah. And then I gave an award out to someone in Salt Lake City who had a search and rescue dog, and her last search and rescue dog that had passed was at 9-11 with her, um, you know, at Ground Zero. And so we brought her up and gave her an award. It was very emotional. I, I was and, you know, say... you were saying about crying at the documentaries. I don't necessarily. I mean, I don't. I don't make documentaries that are cringeworthy. I'm not going to make a documentary where someone's hurting a dog and just keep the shock thing. Yeah, you know, that type of thing. I, I, I try and make that. If, if you're crying, you're crying because it's good tears. Yes, yeah, that you relate you know, or you're. There, there's a there's yeah. a difference, you know, because you just love dogs and and, and stuff like that. And you're you want crying. people to, and you want people to watch the documentary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if I was to do one on dog fighting, oh. I, I would I would sneak in a a clip of dog fighting halfway through for a minute or less, just to show people what it was. But not to dwell on it. I don't. I don't want people to think that they're just going to be down the whole time. And I would never end on any kind of emotional beat like that. But so I played it. At, I played it there, and ASPCA saw it. 
they were there. Huh. And they contacted me and said that they wanted to make a documentary about a new, uh, a new study they're doing in New Jersey. And I'm like, well, that's perfect since I live in New Jersey. So they're doing – they started a behavioral research study. Is it the first? Um, is it the first that's been done? I think so. Because I've not heard of sure. one prior to this. Yeah, I mean, at least where it's a study where they're actually keeping, you know, Excel chart sheets and and keeping track and seeing which works better and and, and you know hopefully publishing a paper in the future to help other uh, shelters mm. at least in that way. Um, so yeah, so they they were they were going to start that up and they were. Um, going to use the back half of St. Hubert's in Madison, New Jersey, which is actually where I adopted my dog, Max, um, you know, who started me on this route. Like all this stuff wouldn't be, wouldn't exist without Max. It's funny how it, they inspire. We, we just recently lost one of our dogs and she was the one that inspired us to change careers, help animals, do a radio show, a clothing line yeah. for dogs. And, and we started filming uh, a TV series. Um, and it is, it is, it's, um, it, it's quite profound, isn't it? How they come into your life well, and make everything these is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. I wouldn't have made a documentary that's on Netflix right now. I wouldn't have made. It's the power know, of animals, have, isn't it? The, the yeah, bond that we it's have. A, it's kind of interesting. You, you like wonder what, where your life would have taken you without it. It would have been, uh, definitely a different thing. Yeah, you know? it, w- it would it be. Is, and I love these kind of stories, you know, where people say, well, I started this because my dog or my cat or I saved a life and, you know, I wanted to give back and I did it in my cat's name or my dog's name. I think it's wonderful. I love it. Yeah, it is something else. Um, and yeah, so, so basically they said, you want to come in? So we worked out a deal. And I went in there for about yeah, six months, uh, you know, a few times a week. And then for the next six months, I came back every two or three weeks for a day or two of shooting to get more interviews and stuff uh, and, and, and slowly put together this documentary. And um, four years later. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, a long time. Four years later, um, we premiered it, the shorter version. We premiered it on Animal Planet last April 16th. Incredible. It was on Animal Planet. Which is one of the goals they had. They wanted to get it on Animal Planet. We got that, and then we had a premiere of the. Um, and we we also had the premiere of it in Brooklyn last, uh, like a week before that, I believe, somewhere something around there, which was really cool. And then um, in November we got the word, which is really what I wanted more than anything. Is uh, we got the word that Netflix accepted it. You know that was gigantic. Is, Netflix is the biggest in the world. Yes, it's imp- impressive. But you know what? Just hold that thought for a second because I want to talk to you about Netflix after we run a couple of commercials because that is huge. And I want to know how the heck that even you start the ball rolling on that. But hang on in there, Ken. We're going to run a couple of commercials, and when we come back, we'll pick up right where we left off. So hang on in there uh you listen to vegas rock dog radio with me sam your host we'll be right back vegas rock dog radio pets people pop culture you know that feeling when you go to clean the litter box and it's a complete disaster yeah we've got you covered introducing world's best cat litter zero mess the advanced litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter zero mess combines the concentrated power of corn with super absorbent plant fibers translation scoop once and you're done find it at a pet store near you and save two dollars visit www.saveonworldsbest.com Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. The standard run-of-the-mill tests and treatments. Cortisol. Antihistamine. Multiple creams. Antibiotics. Spray. Multiple prescriptions. Steroid injections. Spray. Steroid cream. No results. It was neglect. The other owners didn't care enough about him to take care of him and to give him the nutrition he needed. A nutritional supplement like Dynavite. To be the healthy, happy dog he is today. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Put some nutrition in your dog. The vet that I trust recommended Dynavite. The dog I have today, because of Dynavite, has a sparkle in his eye, a lush coat, healthy skin. When you rescue a dog... You've got to feed them right for life. Dynavite will make your dog a happy dog. Dynavite is nutrition. Dynavite for life. 859 428 1000. 859 428 1000. D I N O V I T E dot com. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. 
If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Welcome back, everyone. Just before the break, if you're just listening in, I am chatting away to Ken Bell, filmmaker and founder of The Dog Files. And um, he's got a couple of documentaries right now that are on Netflix. And this is this. when I saw that, I was so excited. I'm like, Netflix, yes, it's huge. Netflix is huge. Um, I would think Netflix is probably more popular than Hulu, wouldn't you say, Ken? Yeah, I think it's the biggest. It's massive. I really they do- don't think there's anything bigger. And they're doing their own content now, aren't they? So they're actually yeah, tons of it. Yeah, and I love that. It's really exciting, and to be able to watch things on demand is brilliant. So, how do you even? How do you even? I can imagine that everyone's trying to get their documentary on Netflix. Is it a long process? Is it a chance of a lifetime if you get selected? How does that work? Well, in in you know, obviously, I had to put together a good documentary. That uh, yeah. Was the start. You know, nothing would have happened if it wasn't a solid documentary, and yeah. I'm really proud that it was because you know you don't always know what's going to happen when you're making a documentary. Um, the leader of the group that was doing the rehabilitation, Kristen, she 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 was fantastic on camera. Very good. I will say that. Right? Like, what if she wasn't? Yeah. You know. So there's all these there's all these little things that you really have very little power over that we would have had to change and we didn't have to change any of it. It worked well. It was a good place. Even so much as that it was a new shelter. So they had a uh, more color in it and less ugly, dingy concrete, less you know? like a prison. I, I yes, yeah. less like a prison. And, and so all these things kind of fell into place and, you know, and again, Kristen, that was the main thing that she was in charge and she was great on camera. She was always willing to, uh, uh, you know, hey, I'm coming in next week. What day? And she would give me a day, and we'd do it. And uh, she was great about it. So you have to have all that stuff down first. Then the second part is a kind of a cop out answer. You have the ASPCA behind you. Yeah. <laughs> and the ASPCA hires a group in New York City that does digital distribution, and Wonderful. they have contacts with Hulu and and Netflix. It's extremely hard. You can't. I don't think you can just walk off the street and go to Netflix and say, Hey, play my doc. So you've got to go through some, 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 uh, some channels like, like this, this distribution, digital distribution company, they will get it on iTunes for you. They will get it on Netflix for you. They will, you know, they will try the different things. Now, thankfully they, they, their strategy was what my strategy would have been is go for Netflix first. Yeah. You know, you can do iTunes later. You can yeah. do everything else. But go Try, big. You know, Netflix is the – listen, I, let's, you know, Netflix, it's free. You know, no one even thinks they're paying for it. In it's, tr- it's, it's true. Right? It's, it's, just, a- it's free. So it's so much – what would have been easier saying, hey, go sp- – Ten bu- go spend ten bucks on iTunes to see my doc, or hey, it's on Netflix. Second Chance Dogs. Seriously, I do. I, and the thing is, you you pay your monthly fee, which is peanuts, and you watch one film or one documentary, and you're like, well, I got my money's worth already. So it does feel free, and yeah, yeah. and people are excited because they just go straight there, and it's easy. Yeah, so it it it, it worked out well. It's great. It, it looks great on there. We have five stars, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Very hard to get five stars and to keep it. Um, it, and you know, I, and, and if you look on Twitter, there's mentions of it every day on Twitter. People are still discovering it. That's one of the greatest things. It's on there for 60 months and about six months are up there. So it's on there for another year. I don't know if they'll re-up oh. or whatever, but you know, that's, that's fine by me. 16 months on, uh. On, on Netflix. Oh, great. It, so, it really uh, is. Um, I don't know if you know of this um, other documentary, Pet Fooled by Cole Harrington. 
Um, he he was on my show a couple of weeks ago, and his documentary is about the commercial pet food industry and how it's not so great. And he mm. just got on Netflix, and strangely enough, on April Fool's Day. So people weren't sure if he was. I was like, I wouldn't joke about that <laughs> if it wasn't true. And um, again, he's just thrilled beyond because he knows the reach. And when you've got the yeah. message. That's yeah, and especially especially for the filmmaker, you know, we're probably a little less worried about the money we're making and more about how many people see it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we want people to see it. Do they, so, they give uh, you statistics of who's watched it? They they don't even give Kevin Spacey uh, statistics <laughs> for uh, his uh, Washington show. They don't. <laughs> no, they don't give anyone. And that, that's, that gives them power, right? That, that allows um, them to do what they want to do. So no one knows statistics. Oh, I know yeah. that it's mentioned every day. On Twitter, right? People talk about how much they like it. I know it's got five stars, and uh, you know, it'd be kind of nice hey, to know. Let's say millions it? of people. Let's just say millions of people have watched it. That sounds good to me. Yeah, that sounds really good to me. And who can even dispute that? <laughs> only, only Netflix can. Only Netflix, and they're not going to do that anyway. And they're not going to. <laughs> it is. It is a bit odd. You kind of would like to see it, but yeah. then again, maybe you don't want to see it. But right. you know, it, it, it's it's on there. Like I said, I don't. I just don't think. You would see so many people talking about it or contacting me if it was seen by a uh, hundred people. You know, yeah, it wouldn't still be on there. But like, yeah, you know. it didn't work out too well. <laughs> on Thanksgiving Day weekend, it was trending on there too in their trending list, which was great. What a great doc, uh, family documentary for the whole family. You know, you, kids you will hit, learn a lot. You hit the nail on the head there. It's a family documentary. Everyone can sit down and watch that. And, and it's a very good balance of the seriousness of how animals end up in abusive um, homes and puppy mills and those type of things. And the seriousness of the chances that they get to actually be adopted when they come from that situation. There's, and there's a big, what they're doing in the documentary is bridging the gap, aren't they? Because we know if they don't bridge that gap, people look at animals with behavioral problems that come from these situations and go, ah, yeah, no chance. We're going to euthanize them. And I mean, I, I know that, do, I know that documentaries, uh, have, you know, I know that that family idea is a little bit like a dirty word, like a family movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't make, to me, it's like, like star Wars, you know, oh. you can, you, it, it's just a movie for everyone. It is. It is. But it's not pandering no. to children. And it's not childish. No, it's not. They can understand it, and they can understand it. And, you know, maybe they'll tear up too a little bit. And it's not the worst thing in the world. No, uh, it's not. because uh, To allow your kids to have some emotions and to get touched by something. Well, I think that's and, the difference. And to learn something, you know. Well, I think that's the difference because you had a message, and the, the message happens to apply to everybody. It wasn't, oh, I went out to make a family documentary. You know, it just happens that when it was done, you know what? Everybody can watch this, and the message is important. And... Uh, this, and, and the stories are great. You know, you, you get very invested in these little dogs, these characters, and you're willing them on and you want them to do work. You want them to get in a home and you're so happy when they do. And, and I think what it demonstrates more than anything, because there's this, this terrible, um, idea and it also comes from shelters too that there's no hope but i've interviewed i'm friends with richard hunter who adopted one of michael vick's dogs and lots of those dogs went on to be therapy dogs so don't tell me we can't work with them and make it make a difference and i think what your documentary does is says this is the way it can be done and we really should start embracing this and adopting this because it's important for them to be able to live and not be euthanized because of yeah. a behavioral problem. I, yeah. I mean, just that's not their thing. fault. Yeah, I mean, the documentary is basically about they started a place because some dogs need a little extra help when yeah. they rescue them from a hoarding case or from a puppy mill. They need a little extra help because they grew up without any humans around them. So yeah. they're very frightened of, of things. And, you know, going through a, a, a door is frightening, going up some stairs because they never done it. What does grass feel like? And so they're not ready to go home because a normal pe person, this is the dog that will probably wind up back at the yeah, shelter. So that's they, right. They're taking a few months. But they're recording it and they're studying it to see what's the quickest and best ways to get these dogs better. And so the story fall, um, follows a, a group of dogs, uh, their first group of dogs, right until they get their forever home. Yeah. And going back to what I said about making – you have to make a good documentary if you want to get on Netflix – is those owners 
There was no, those, there was, there's one, one thing that's really important to me is to have truthfulness in my documentary. Mm. Um, do, did I make some people walk up a set of stairs a second time because I needed the shot? Sure. But I didn't lie about anything. Those were not fake owners. We didn't go and pick the most photogenic, cutest owners. We just, we just, it was like, it's just the way the story unfolded. yeah. Oh, we, we got one owner that's a, a a woman with her three daughters that are cutest daughters you've ever seen in your life. Oh, yes, uh, they were. Yeah, the one one lady adopted uh, uh, the uh, the dachshund, Lily. Yes! She's, 80, she's like 82 years old. Yeah. And she's That's when I knew we had a documentary, when we went to her house that day, and it was the perfect day of shooting. She wasn't... She didn't want to get done in five minutes. She let us stay for four or five hours. She had this great personality. She had these great comments. There was little docs and memorabilia everywhere throughout uh, the office. She had a beautiful backyard. And that's what I said. I said, we have the end and, and it's yeah. great. And, it was- and so we have these great endings and it, and it really just all – all really came together. The stories were, were lovely. And, and in particular, that old lady, because I remember her saying, you know, and I have to walk with her, you know, so it's good for me. And they help you relax and they de-stress you. And I just yeah. thought it was lovely. The, the three, the girls, though, oh, my gosh, how in love were they with that dog? Yeah, they were great. And, you know, that was a <laughs> snippy dog that would, uh, you know, bite. And not anymore, right? So they did a wonderful job. I think the... um Oh, uh, Lily getting adopted by the older lady. I think that's probably one of the most proud scenes I think I've ever shot in my it's life. It's just if, so. If someone said, watch something you did. I would say, watch that one scene because it really, it's just, it just hit everything. It's you know? tender and, and it yeah. shows that, that just that love that you just have, which sometimes you can't quite explain it how fabulous that connection is but i really really loved it because i will watch it again jim didn't get to see it but we'll watch it again because i thought it was really great and for those people that say will i cry yeah happy tears so watch watch the documentary Um, and i'll put all these links up because i want people to see this in particular i want people in rescue to see this because i'm still coming across people and our own local shelter is very much like that is why are we not going all out I don't understand why we're not going all out for these animals. This, and you can and our shelter has a, a lot of money. We don't have a money issue. I think it's more of a a. I think it's a we've always done it that way issue, uh, and and I want people to see new ways of doing things and adding in some elements like you say the train training to me would in my mind would be a number one requirement if you are a rescue. I think that would be the number, and it's not the case. And we have a ton of rescues here in town, and I don't know many with good, certified, positive reinforcement trainers on board. And that, to me, is a massive component and one of the keys to successful adoption. And that's why I loved about the program. Everything everything costs money, you know. I think that's part of it. It does. And, uh, I mean, mean, the latest statistics are we're down to, like, about 2 million dogs being uh, euthanized a year in shelters. Wow. Uh, about five or six years ago, it was around four. Yeah, it was and high. Seventies, it was seventeen <gasps> million. Oh gosh! So that makes me shudder. It's a huge success story. It'll never go down all the way. There's always going to be something, um, but we're really getting there. I think we need to. I hope my documentary educates people because we all know, you know, those people because we all know them. Those people that are like, yeah, I don't know. Why, why, why do I, I don't want a dog. I, I don't want to have to be home all the time. I want to <laughs> go do things. I want my freedom. I don't want a dog, <laughs> you know? And then, the, and then you're like, and then you see someone like the people who adopted these dogs in my documentary, like, like the old lady who, who adopted the dachshund and she just knows yeah, like, like I need an animal. Yeah. I feel whole. Yeah. And, you know, try and move, just a few more of these people over to that side and we could knock it to a million or less. I think so too. I don't honestly ever see it completely gone. No. But I think we could still get it down to under a million a year. I I think, Um, I mean, for me, I'd rather be at home with my dogs. (laughs) That is the truth. To me, Netflix, uh, my dogs, a nice little blanket and some snacks. We're happy as anything. It's just like, the for me, the perfect night out. And I was talking to someone this morning, actually, the, the friend who did our hair. And I, someone was saying, oh, I don't let my dogs on the furniture. And I thought, 
that is so bizarre to me because unless you're crawling on the floor with your pets, how are you? How are you cuddling them? How are you putting them on your lap? It's, they're not. You're not. That's, that's odd. Now we also have to go like not everyone is going to be like us, and no. that dog still has a decent home. Yes, and, and you know, and he's not out on the streets. Yes, or, or exactly. He's not being beaten up or starved. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you can't always figure out the psycho psychology you can't because i'm like you know they go oh no and i go would you let your kids on the couch well yeah well why don't you let your dogs on the couch because they got dirty feet i'm like oh kids can be worse than dogs <laughs> yeah, it's a i mean you know uh when max and Re- max passed about two years ago right after i moved to florida but remy uh, remy's here right now he's laying below me here sleeping Aww. um they, uh, you know, they were so good back in the day that that I I could go out for a job and come home in twelve hours, and they didn't do anything in the house, and they were great. And I took them outside and took care of them. I also think the other way is I try and tell people you have to have a life too. You do, you do. You know, you can't sit home all the time because of your dogs. Now, Remy, Remy, now a year ago was die. He's about third. He's gonna, in July. He'll be thirteen. He was diagnosed with an enlarged heart. Mm. so as like max when he was getting close to the end they always give you that damn medication that makes them pee all the time yeah takes the that takes the water away from their heart which is just the worst because and i'm on a third floor oh you know what i mean of a walk up you know so it gets rough so that's a little harder now but you know i go to rover this isn't an ad for them i go to rover.com people are like i can't find anyone i'm like just go to rover.com oh yeah that's a, next that's... week i'm going somewhere for uh two days and it's going to be 13 hour days and so i i'm i'm paying 30 bucks to someone to watch them for two days yeah you know and it's worth and that they love animals and they have a backyard with a fence and so they could just let them run around and come back in and it gives you peace of as- peace of mind and yeah, and you know, but you have to because I have I I have to have a life too. I have to make a living. Yeah. I have to do all these things. I don't want to see. I also don't want to see anyone regretting the fact that that they they don't feel they have time to themselves. You do. You have to make it. You do. You um, just have to be a little bit more planned out. I mean, we used to. Jim and I literally we could wake up on a Saturday morning and go, "Come on, let's go to LA," and we'd pack and leave. Well, it's a little different now. We have a bit more planning to do, and I actually pack for the dogs first if we're not taking them. <laughs> they go and have their yeah. little vacation. But it, but all it takes is a bit of planning because I think until you get a pet. And you realize how fabulous they are. You don't realize that you'll make those changes quite easily. It's not a big yeah, deal. You know, you know what? You know what? Also, like many times, like you want to know what it's like without a pet. When you drop, I drop them off to the dog sitter, and then I go home, and I have that one night before I have to get on a plane in the morning at six in the morning. And you come home and it feels like death. Doesn't make house. sense. It doesn't make any. It just feels like a dead house. Yeah, like a home turned into a house, yeah. and to have the dogs back, it makes it a home again. It like honestly, really... it does. Yeah. It's a very bizarre feeling. It almost feels like it's not your house. You go, what? Well, I don't. Understand. Yeah. This feels to feel normal without them. But you know, I also, I like I said, you know, because I. I Doing the dog files and having my website and trying to—I mean, to me, it's like it's not really showing the world anymore. It's educating the world. It is educating, you know? and I, I want people to also know that you know if your dog isn't sleeping on your bed, you're not a bad person. No. You're taking care of a dog. You know, I don't want them to think that. You know, I spent They're not in a shelter. Max and Remy on the bed next to me, and then one day they weren't. And I got the best night of sleep in my life. <laughs> so I set up so I set up a nice thick bed next to my bed right on the ground. They can look up and see me. I could put my hand down and pet them. And, uh, and they were fine. You yeah. know what I mean? And some people are like and, – and, you know, some people are like, yeah, but my dog's not like that. I'm like, you know, trust me. You just have to make the decision. You know, some people – some people don't understand, like, you still are the boss. You love your animals. It doesn't mean you're mean to them. Exactly. But you could still be the boss, and in three days, they'll stop bothering you, and they'll sleep where you want in the sleep. Oh, you know? what you could do is what my friend Paul Shortino did. Now, Paul Shortino was part of Quiet Riot, and they had a bed built <laughs> that was, like, 10 foot wide. <laughs> I kid you not. Because wow. they've got Galgos. Are you familiar with the Galgos del Sol dogs in Spain? They, no. they, they're used for hunting, but after it's a very short hunting season, and as soon as the season's over, over they abandon them. They injure oh, them. Oh, wow. That happens a right, lot down here in the south, yeah, too, they, a, they, a very strange, odd thing. Terrible, isn't it? They, well, they actually injure them. I don't want to go into any horrific details, but they injure them so they can't, get, they can't walk from the campo. 
so they can't survive. Oh, it's horrific. And there's something they do that's even worse than that, but I won't talk about it because it's so horrible. But um, they're quite big dogs. So they look like a greyhound. They're kind of part of the greyhound family, but they're quite large dogs. So he's got he's got three of them and and a big, big, giant black Labrador. <laughs> so they had that, that crazy bed built and they all fit in it. And I just thought it was the best thing ever. I'm sure it wasn't yeah. cheap by no means. But I'll send you a link for the Gal Gostel Sol. A friend of mine has, um, she's, she's British. She moved out to Spain and she, she, she moved there with her husband and kids for a more quiet, simpler life. And then came across this, why were there so many dogs on the streets and why are they all injured? Yikes. And now she has a single, well, I'm saying single-handedly, but it was her vision to, to raise money. And she bought land and she's built uh, sections of, of her uh, kennels and her runs. And she's in the process of finishing the reception area and the education she does in schools and the billboards. It's phenomenal what she's done. And you know what? It would make for an amazing documentary. I will tell you that, Ken. It is because the plight of them is so bad. It's it, everyone she picks up is injured, injured or pregnant, and they're just it's on the streets. And she's catching them wild. every day. But I will send you a link. Phenomenal person. Yeah, they, you know, down here in the south, that happens. Um, is it through Greyhound at least racing? Up north in Jersey, like the woods, there are woods in Jersey, but generally, you know, you walk one mile, you're going to hit houses, uh, and and uh, because of the cold, they just don't have the amount of wild animals up there. But mm. down here. Every once in a while, I see it on Facebook. Someone does it, and it's Florida guys. They've got snakes, panthers, bears, oh. and 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 alligators. You know, oh. like it's this is not safe. No, you know, uh, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, my my uh, mom lives about fifteen minutes from me, and just two nights ago, they she heard that the alligator walked through her backyard. Oh my gosh, I could. You know, and that <laughs> happened a year ago. You know, so it's like. Oh, I'm dropping Remy off tomorrow night. Yeah. Let's make sure you don't get, he doesn't get eaten, you know. That's a, uh, a huge concern. I'd be terrified. I'd be absolutely a wreck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, someone in that neighborhood drives me out of my mind. I drive by their house. They keep their garage open uh, <gasps> two or three feet, and their dog is tied up. Oh. A little uh, Cocker Spaniel is tied up in oh, there. Oh, good grief. And I'm like, one day, because that's the path of that gator going one day. from one lake to another, one day, that dog's going to be there when that alligator's walking by, and it's going to be a, a meal on a stick. Right? It is. It's going to be. It's just going to. And you know. And I'm just it drives me out of my mind. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, that's why I do the things I I, I do on the dog files is to find ways to educate people yeah. and maybe uh, you know sometimes I get a little strong with people I barely know. You know, guilt them out a little bit. That's you know, okay. I'm all no, I'm all for that, like, Ken. Like, you know, they people need it a little bit. They you do. Know, I think, uh, a little shame goes a, a far way. Oh, so, that gosh. We, you have, we don't have anymore in this society. I, I've said that more and, times and than And again, you can I'm not extreme. I don't think animals are, you know, it's funny. I, I don't treat my dogs like they're a human. Um, I'm not that kind of a person. To me, that's why I like them. They're not human. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a human. I don't want my dog to talk to me all day. Give me a biscuit. 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 Take me out. That's what they would be doing. That's what it would be. Yeah. You know, tickle um, my belly, tickle my belly. <laughs> that 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 would be it. You know, and so I I love that they're not. That, that's to me what makes them so special. Yeah. And, and so uh, you know, but I also know they need to be taken care of, and uh, they deserve the best from us. Well, I know when anyone goes to your website because there are, are a lot of um, uh, videos on there, and you call it dog files because each file is a different thing. You cover history, uh, breed information, health, life, art, adoption, culture, and style. So these are all the dog files. So there's something for yeah. everybody in there, and with a, a great educational component. Because if we look back, I think all of us to when we got our very first pet and what we knew. We'd be embarrassed, you know, to look back and go, oh, gosh, I didn't know oh, that. I, or I, I did that and I shouldn't. Oh, I didn't. Oh, gosh, I'm cringing. In uh, the 70s, we had a dog. He was an English Springer Spaniel named Benny. And my dad used him for hunting. And he lived in the backyard because they couldn't seem to train him to, you know, to not go to the bathroom inside the house. And my dad was an electrician, so he built him a, a heated house and oh, a heated water. Right. And, you know, years later... Like he, we, uh, you know, see, they years later, I'd 
visit them and Max and Remy would be walking around the house, inside the house, sitting down while we're watching TV, going to bed, going in my bedroom mm. at night. And, you know, and even my dad felt guilty, but it was the 70s and we didn't really know better. Oh, we, we didn't. Um, there, were, there was no research going on. There was no... Didn't. I feel guilty about that to this day. But you know what? Because of that, Max and Remy had awesome lives. And yeah. I, obviously, I went in the backyard and played with Benny all the time. But, uh, you know, that's just... But, you know, that's what happens and it's changing. Now, down south, it might be a little closer to that still. Yeah. You know, um, Regionally, it's quite different. People, when you're dealing with farmers and hunters, I mean, death is a little more of a normal thing for them. You know, they, they have animals and then they eat them. Yeah, a little. So you have to slowly but surely uh, change people's minds uh, as much as you can, and you have to do it. Uh, you know, nicely, and then you have to do it through law too. You know, oh you have to gosh, have a mixture of the two. I'm glad you mentioned that because um, we don't have, despite how hot we are all year round, and it's horrific. It just seems as soon as it gets hot, people go, "Yeah, I'll leave my dog in my car." I never see them do it in winter. Well, yesterday we did. The two bills came up finally for you cannot leave a pet in a hot car. Period, and and you will be able to smash a window. I would anyway, and I would take all the necessary precautions to make sure I was covered and video and all that stuff. And also the second one was um, for us to create an animal abuser rec- uh, registry. And so finally, like you say, through law, we have to change things as well. And, you know, t- like you say, tying dogs out, uh, dogs in the back of pickup trucks that are just loose and terrified. Uh, that oh, makes that me, cr- me, that oh, me crazy. I can't take it. I can't take I get so upset because a lot of people will say, well, they didn't hurt themselves or they'll say, it's not that hot. And I go, but hang on a minute here. Putting a dog loose in the back of a truck is frightening. You're not thinking about the well-being. You're not thinking about your dog that I see them crying. I mean, crying in the car because you left them. It is hot, but they're also really upset. Why would you do that to your dog? Forget and, and the heat let's, thing. Let's be honest. Most of these laws are for the idiots of society. They right? are. They are. <laughs> I mean, you know, listen, I've had my dog in my truck. My windows are down. It's 70 degrees out. I run into a store for five minutes. Nothing's going to happen to my dog. We know this. But there's always an idiot. There's always and it's an Florida, idiot. and it's Florida, and that <laughs> stops in about February or March for me because it's too hot. Yeah, it's too. Yeah, and yet there's other people that they can't get that distinction. No, right? It's, and and there's nothing you're going to do about it. So hence the law. The law, exactly. In. And I'm not a big law guy. I don't like a lot of the government intrusion now. Or anything like that, but I make the exception for creatures that are alive. Oh, yeah, because we have to stand up for them. Yeah, no one else is going to. You know, Ken, Uh, we saw saw someone leave their mother-in-law in in a hot car without the car seat even being turned on. I kid you not. We got out the car and I said, there's an old lady in that car. And it's not even turned on and it was so hot. It was horrible. Um, She said, yeah, my daughter-in-law's gone inside to have a coffee with her friend. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talking of idiots. And I'm like, you might not like your mother-in-law. roll down the windows. I know. I'm like, you might not like your mother-in-law, but that's a bit extreme, you know. Wow. But, oh, yeah. And people leave their kids in cars here all the time and they die. And they, they'll not leave, they'll not leave their ice cream from the grocery store in the car. They'll remember that, but they forgot their child. Mind blowing to me. Mind blowing. Yeah. Frightening people, and they're walking amongst us, Ken. And uh, but that's why I love what you do because if we can get them to watch half the things that you do, then you know they get, there's going to be some level of education. But it, we got to get we got to get them there, haven't we? And Netflix is a very easy way to get people to watch it your sure documentaries. Is. So you've got how many on on Netflix now? Two. And just Second Chance Dogs is on Netflix. That's it. Fantastic. Are you sure? Are you sure? Uh, Hero Dogs is not on. Hero Dogs Nine Eleven is not on there, and I don't own it or anything like that. So I have no idea what's going when on. When it'll pop it. up it's again? Shame. It's a shame that it's not on there. Yeah. Where there's really nowhere for you to watch it right now, I don't think, except for maybe Animal Planet around Nine Eleven. You know. Well, I'm glad I. I'm glad hour. I did get to see it when it was on there. Um, it was very, very good. And if anyone personally wants to see it, I can show it to you on my laptop. If you just, uh, you know, Fine. come by, I can play it for you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not allowed to sell it or anything like that. So. Oh, it's such a good documentary, though. But um, hopefully, it will pop up again, like you say, around about nine eleven, so people get to I see it. I hope so, because uh, you know, it, I, I like to get a uh, a nice catalog of dog documentaries up there that uh, 
you know, I'm picking myself. I watch a documentary and in five minutes I know whether I can <laughs> it's too slow. Right. Usually it's it's too slow or it's good enough, you know what I mean? And and so I watch some things and I'm like, oh boy. I'm a big yeah. fan of documentaries. I've always really enjoyed them. I've always been a fan of reading, you know, true stories, uh, biographies, those kind of things. So I really, sure. really, really enjoy documentaries. But we'll be sharing uh, Second Chance Dogs most definitely. And we'll share your website and all your other social media stuff. It's been a pleasure, Ken. Are you going to be at Blog Pause? I will be there. I'm up for, I'm nominated for an <gasps> award, which I'm excited oh, about. Oh, that's Best fantastic. For the uh, trailer for Second Chance Dogs. Oh, Best that's, sponsored video, I think. That's brilliant. Well, you'll get to meet me because I've just decided I'm going to go this week, actually. Oh, good, good. It's not far. We're going to meet, Remy's coming with me, my dog. Oh, fantastic. Because uh, we're eight hours away, so we're going to drive up there. Oh, me and Remy, we'll, and, have, we'll uh, have a selfie together, me and Remy. <laughs> yeah, it should, be, uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm excited. And we've got Christina going. Now, here's yeah, the thing. I feel like I know Christina because we're friends on Facebook. We, she's been on the show and I've been at Blog Pause and she's been there and never got to speak to her, which is so weird. But I feel like we're such great friends. So uh, to actually just physically, you know, hug her will be great. That will be the full circle moment. <laughs> and yeah. I think I think we'll have a good time. And our crew likes to have a little cocktail. So I think we're going to have a great time <laughs> in the yeah, evenings. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go hit the bar. <laughs> Sounds great to me, Ken. Nothing wrong with that. Well, I really appreciate appreciate your time I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to share what you do with our audience as well and we'll always support what you do and i'll get to see you in blog pause like soon <laughs> awesome so great. exciting um, it was great to uh, talk to you and um yeah so we'll uh, we'll have a little cocktail and a little celebration when you get your award and thank you so much for your time well, i'm nominated i may not win you better so. do you better win well thank you (laughs) well thanks ken have a really lovely weekend and we'll we'll direct people over to your website and uh, put up the netflix link as well great thanks guys bye have a great weekend well everybody that was a great um interview with ken i say it took a while for me to get it organized uh ken was always there ready and waiting in the wings as as we like to say sometimes you'll really really enjoy the documentary you can definitely sit down with your family Uh, to watch it and so now we're at the end of our show you know how it goes we always say remember you can help an animal in need either rescue adopt donate volunteer or share their information or watch ken's documentary because it's educational you'll learn something and you can pass that on to your pets rescue your next family member replace the word shop with adopt and be kind to all animals. Big thank you to Ken Bell for being my guest today of The Dog Files. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, take a moment to run on over to his Facebook page and like it and, and watch the documentary on Netflix. And thank you to Jim, my producer, who's waving all kinds of signals to me right now to wrap up. <laughs> and I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for being a huge part of the show every single week. Today, you've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio, where it is all about our pets, people, and pop culture. I'm your host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs, and always kiss your pets. Good morning and good night. I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.